Hey everyone, and welcome once again to What Lurks on Channel X. Uh, this week we have something special for you. But first, I want to let you all know what's happening with us. This coming Saturday, September 17th, you can find us at Grindhouse at Cafe Z. Grindhouse is a mostly quarterly event in Union, New Jersey, showcasing some of the newest films in independent horror and sci-fi. This Saturday, we'll be at the show premiering our first two new episodes of our new web series, Dark Tales from Channel X. I know, clever, right? So, uh, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area this weekend, come out and see some great short films for the day. There'll also be some musical performances and vendors set up for the day, including ourselves. So, if you've ever wanted to pick up any of our films on DVD, this is your chance. You can head over to horrornerd.net for more information and buy your tickets. Just to let you know, Cafe Z is also a full bar and restaurant, so you can watch the movies and have a drink or two while enjoying some excellent food. I hope to see you guys there. As for this week's episode, we have another mini-episode for you. Uh, about three weeks ago, I was fortunate enough to be interviewed on the paranormal radio show True Ghost Stories. The show was hosted by Adam Ginsberg and Sherry Emily, and it can be heard regularly on Monday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern Time on WLOR.net. Now, I've known Adam for a few years, and him and his wife, Elsie, run Twitch Twitch Productions, which host, uh, if you don't know, they host the Macabre Fair Film Festival, Haunt Fair, and numerous other events throughout the year. On True Ghost Stories, they've interviewed a plethora of paranormal investigation crews, so I was really excited when Adam asked me to be a guest on the show. Uh, we discussed my own personal shadow person experiences, among a few other subjects, so this week we're here presenting the interview in full to you, our Channel X listeners. Uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll speak to you again at the end. Hello, this is Adam Ginsberg. Welcome to True Ghost Stories here on W Rock Radio, WRockRadio.com or WLOR.net. You are at the right place at the right time if you want to hear some amazing paranormal stories and experiences. So grab yourself a drink, tuck yourselves in, and get comfortable. Get ready to face your fears. Come out. Come out. Come out of your homes. Come out. Come out from wherever you may roam. Thank you all so much for being here with us tonight. We here at True Ghost Stories are in search for more answers to our questions, more research, and more paranormal experiences by you, our listeners. There are too many people out there that have either gone through or are going through some type of paranormal experience at one time in their life. We want to hear all about it. We want to help others understand what it is and how to deal with it. Through our interviews, we can get a better understanding on what we must do. We feel we are not alone, and we want to reveal it. I am Adam Ginsberg, host of True Ghost Stories Radio Show, and I am a witness. We want you out there in the world to also become one of our True Ghost Stories witnesses. So don't be afraid to share with us. There are more people out there that you do not realize that have had some type of paranormal experience. They're in fear of sharing due to critique from society. Some make them feel like they're crazy or that something is wrong with them. Well, we here at True Ghost Stories do not think you are crazy. We're open-minded. We care. We want to help you understand what is happening around you, comfort you, support you, and help others to be aware. Tonight, 
I have a gentleman, folks, who is joining us who is going to do just that. You know, <clears throat> here on this show, we have a lot of uh, paranormal investigators that come onto the program. Uh, we've had folks involved in the spirit realms, involved in the program. And, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, many of you out there are listening and you're not running around in the middle of the night through creepy places and, uh, you know, trying to find paranormal activity. Perhaps you have a nine-to-five job. Perhaps you uh, you work uh, the night shift somewhere and odd things happen when you're working. Or perhaps you happen to be a horror filmmaker, like my next guest tonight. I'm talking about none other than Manny Serrano. This is the uh, co-owner with his wife. He's writer, director, video editor at Mass Grave Pictures. This guy is all about the horror folks, and he has experienced... Uh, some paranormal activity in his life. And so uh, I thought, what better than someone we can we can all closer relate to, again, if we haven't been searching the paranormal and it's come to us, than someone who has had a similar experience. Manny, are you with me? Yes, I am. Hi. Hey, how are you, my friend? All right. How are you doing? I am excellent. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We are, thank you for uh, having me. You're welcome. We're about to uh, unravel some tales of uh, 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 tales from the crypt, in a sense. Yeah. Because you, you are uh, the horror master. I know we were joking around uh, previously about Miskatonic University <laughs> and the atrocities that you uh, that you study there, uh, etc. But um, I, I wanted to dig in a little bit into your past, um, so the folks here listening can get a sense of who you are and what you're about, and sure. um, and then you know get into some of these. Uh, these experiences, and I know one of them that you wanted to share, uh, and I was remiss, I, I forgot to mention, you're also a radio host, and uh, one of your experiences that you're going to share with us is something from uh, your show yeah. that, uh, that a friend had mentioned, or rather a caller had, uh, had brought up at one time or another. Yeah, one of our listeners, yes. Right. So um, let's get into the beginning here uh, with, with horror and your background in horror. Uh, why that for you? Uh, it's lifelong obsession. Put simply, uh, um, you know, I grew up in the 80s when there was horror pretty much everywhere. It was big business, uh, especially for kids with uh, all the different TV shows and cartoons and movies and toys. And, you know, they marketed it towards the younger uh, demographic. And uh, right. I, I I took it hook, line and sinker. And I, I haven't turned back since. Like many of us. It. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there really was a time when uh, horror was, um, what, there was just like, like you just said, it was kind of a, this, uh, maybe an awakening, the way they were kind of marketing it more mm -hmm. towards, uh, towards teens and such. And some real icons uh, were developed during that time, thinking 70s and 80s. And, you know, they're still around to this day. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's something. So um, you went from a love of horror into horror filmmaking and, and writing, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I was curious, and uh, I, I think I, I mentioned something like this once before, but as, as someone who had uh, a paranormal experience, um, you know, what kind of came first? Was it a paranormal experience and then you happened along horror as subject matter at, at, or it was uh, horror already sort of in you at some point and wow suddenly there's an experience and could this stuff be real which came uh, first I think I think it kind of happened all at the same time uh, mm -hmm. approximately I mean you know when you're young everything kind of gets jumbled into one big memory right um, but uh, I mean I've been watching horror films as long as I can remember especially in the 80s with the with the home video boom it was uh, I had a video store down the down the block from me that I could rent from all the time on the way home I'd pick something up 
right? and then watch it. And then I could bring it back the same day and get another one for free, which was just amazing back then. Mm. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I had an, I had my first, I, my first experience, I believe I was six or seven years old. And I know that I was already a, I'm pretty sure I was already a horror fan at the time. Uh, but, uh, um, yeah, it, it was. It, it's just always been in me. The first experience I had, which is something that was actually kind of recurring, was a shadow person experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, because uh, you know, you'd fall asleep with the TV on, and your parents would come in when you're asleep and turn it off. And uh, I specifically remember one night I, I shared a room with my with my brother, and uh, he's younger than me. So uh, if I was six, he was about four. Uh, right. So he was asleep already. Uh, and I and I I was. You know, mostly awake, and I remember my mother walking in and turning the TV off. And sometimes I'd get up, and after she went to bed, I'd get up, turn it back on, and keep watching. Right. But, uh, uh, tonight, I just uh, that night, I guess I was just tired, and I didn't. So, I, all right, that's it. TV's off. So I went to sleep. Yeah, and now, just just real quick, uh, hmm. your age around this uh, time? About six or seven years old. Six or seven. Okay. And uh, uh, I remember waking up a couple hours later. Um, and I could see I could see a little bit of a light. It seemed like the light from the TV was on, and I saw like a shadow cross the TV. Mm-hmm. I, I, I assumed, I, well, you know, when you piece it together later on, you kind of figure out what did you assume. I, I really don't remember what I assumed, but I, I'm going to assume that I thought that I had woken up, turned it back on, and fallen asleep again. You know, you do those sorts of things without thinking, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. kind of motor function. Right. Um, so I assumed the TV was on and my mother was coming in to turn off and and then I saw another shadow and another one and I went to uh, to you know pick up my head to see and I realized I couldn't move. So uh, what what you know now I know is sleep paralysis. Um, was that your first experience with uh, sleep paralysis and it just happened to be in conjunction with um, you, you uh, know with something happening? As far as I can tell, yeah. As far as I, I don't remember it happening before that. I certainly don't remember before that. Uh, but um, yeah, that was the first one. And so I, I'm laying there, and you know, it feels like it feels like a bit of an eternity, but it's really only a matter of seconds. Um, so I, I tried to pick my head up, and I couldn't. And then I saw the shadow and I saw it again and again and 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 I'm opening my eyes wider it's just to kind of adjust to the light and the darkness and it kind of looks like it looks almost like there's multiple shadows circling the room you know it looked like I thought if, if the TV were on you would it'd have to be like three four people in the room walking back and forth across the TV it kind of felt like they were spinning around um, and uh, after after a moment or so, it just kind of it, like it faded away, and 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 I, I was able to move, and I got up, mm. and I looked around. I didn't see anything. My brother was asleep. Uh, I got up. I walked out into the hallway. My parents were asleep with all the lights. Everything was off. The TV was off. So I, I don't even know where the light itself was coming from. It was just kind of uh, maybe maybe thinking about it maybe the shadows themselves that i was seeing were so dark it made the room seem brighter than it was if that wow. makes sense yeah you know does. uh but that was and that was wow. our that was my first one almost like a uh in a dark room you could spot complete absence of light yes in areas. yeah yes wow. yeah which is which is from what i that's what everybody seems to um uh, uh, call it like an absence of light, almost like the like the shadow person itself is sucking in the light, just 
You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I can envision what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you a question. Was this the, the, uh, the only experience that you had uh, with this, or is this something recurring with these no. shadow people? The shadow people actually recurred with me uh, a couple of times through my life. Um, uh, later on, uh, I'm going to say I was a, I think it happened. It's happened a couple of times in the middle of that, but the one that really, another one that really stuck with me, I was about 14 or 15 or so. Mm-hmm. And, um, this was, it was Christmas. I remember it was around Christmas time. Cause I, I specifically remember there was a, that, that I, uh, my mother would work late come, come holidays. And so I would be in the living, I'd sit in the living room and there'd be nothing but the Christmas tree all light on. Right, and I'd watch, uh, pick pick a movie and watch, just sit and watch TV. So uh, I was sitting on the couch, and the way the apartment is situated, the the doorway from the hall was off to was like behind me and to my left a little, but I could like just enough where I could see it in my peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. And I specifically remember watching uh, watching TV, and and it looked to me like the hallway door opened it's like it, like there was um light that came in from the hallway into the the now dark uh, the, well with the way the door was lean, uh, facing it was towards the kitchen so i saw some light in the kitchen and i saw a shadow and then i saw the door close and again i'm 14 or 15 years old which means my brother was about 11 so my first assumption was that my brother was messing with me he was trying to sneak up on me in the darkness mm. so i didn't turn. I sat. I was figured. You know what? If he's going to try this, then I'm going to jump at him when he comes at me. And um, so I continue watching TV, watching it in my peripheral vision. And I see, and I see the, the the shape kind of walking toward me in the darkness in 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 my left side peripheral. And as it's getting closer, I start realizing that this is way too tall to me, my 11 year old brother. Wow. Yeah. And. Um, I got to a point where I, I, where if it was a person, it would probably be about three or four feet away from me. When I realized this is extremely tall, and I turned my head, and it was gone. And was I, this I, was this in the same uh, apartment? Or, yes. Uh, yes. Same apartment. Yeah. yeah. Did did these shadow uh, experiences all happen in that same? place over the years or did they begin to happen outside of that as well in different areas or places that you lived uh well one of them was um the later the last one i had was actually out in a in 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 a park Mm. with a friend of mine um the two of us went up into the park and uh, uh this was i think i was 19 or so at the time about 19 years old and the two of us went up into a park and um we had heard some sounds and now this is this is where it's really kind of crazy. And, and I've told this story to a couple of people. And, and even telling the story, I feel like, are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, so the two of us were up in a park. And this was about, uh, about 1130 at night. Uh, we're walking around. We hear a sound. And we hear something like kind of in the in the brush around us and we start walking in, we go farther into the trees and we just start to get that feeling like something's out there. Now, I mean, this is, this is, this is Queens. It's New York. We're right by Brooklyn. So there could be literally anybody in this, in this park. You know, it could be a drug dealers sitting out, sitting out there for all we know. Right. Uh, So we go to, we get to a point and we say, you know something, if there's somebody doing something out here, they're not going to be pleased. So, 
you know, we kind of got a little nervous. She said, you know what? Let's just get the hell out of here. So we turned around and we walked away and uh, we see in the distance ahead of us, because we, we had kind of walked up a little bit of a hill, we see down at the bottom of the hill, there's a shape at the bottom. And this is why I say this is great because we both, we both saw this shape. And we're walking down this hill f- closer to it and it's, it's transparent. So now this is not a periphery. This is looking straight at this thing. And it's maybe about 100 feet at the about 100 feet ahead of us at the hill uh, down the hill below right um we go a few more steps forward and we really don't want to walk toward it so i take a right turn to go down the other side of the hill and i say you know to hell with this i'm getting the hell out of here and and we walk down the hill well i walk down the hill and next thing i turn around and my buddy is still up at the hill walking straight down toward it and now I see that the shape is gone now. Uh, and he walks down the regular path that, the way we came up right toward where the where the shape was. And right around the point where the shape was, he collapsed. Now, I don't mean like he like his knees buckled. He right. literally fell forward flat on his face and hit the ground. Didn't try like almost like he blacked out for a moment. Uh, when he hit the ground, he was, he was he was conscious, but um, he went face first down, and I ran back up the hill to get him. And and I specifically remember like I thought something was wrong with him because he wears glasses, and anybody who wears glasses, when you fall down, your first instinct is to cover your face, mm. and he he had no inclination to cover his face, so his face went flat down into the ground and he broke his glasses mm. you know uh so i figured like he blacked something happened he he and he was unconscious i got right. to him and i picked him up and he was he didn't know what had happened and the two of us got the hell out of there uh when we got back to my house same house now um through the course of the rest of the night uh we're down now, now at this point i wasn't sharing a, a bedroom with my brother i had uh actually built a bedroom in the basement for myself Mm -hmm. so me and my friends all hung out down there and we're sitting in the basement and it's about three o'clock in the morning and we start to hear footsteps coming down the stairs um normally we hear these footsteps because my mother does laundry so she would be we figured she'd be coming down but i said it's three o'clock in the morning there's no way she's up doing laundry right now we hear steps come down the staircase um and uh, kind of like shuffling towards the door. Mm. And next thing we hear, it, it, it was a kind of like a, a, um, a, a pounding on the wall. Um, but And that's what we thought it was at first. And after two or three of them, we realized it, it actually kind of sounded like something was physically walking up the wall as though the wall were a floor. Wow. Yeah. So we're hearing these footsteps go up the wall and then it goes across the ceiling to now us. Now this is in your in the room that you're in you're hearing yes. this. Yes. Yes, this is a it's it's <clears> a it's a room in the basement and it's uh, uh, that I had that my father had helped me build and we like we put up the sheetrock and everything. So it's just a, a room in the corner of the 
in the corner of the basement, a little 10 by 10 uh, bedroom that we built. And um, so I hear the steps go up the wall, up the wall, across the ceiling and down the wall next to where we're sitting in the bedroom. Now in this, on the other side of that wall is the concrete of the, the basement. So there's only about maybe eight inches between this sheetrock and the concrete. So there's absolutely no way that there's someone behind this. Right. It's physically impossible. And so we heard that we jumped up and we went outside and we sat on the porch for the rest of the night. Mm. Now I have a friend uh, I still have a friend. His grandfather is a—I uh, um, forget exactly what they what what the term is for, but uh, they're from the Dominican Republic, and he's what essentially the the equivalent of a witch doctor. Okay, and okay. the two of us, the two of us, I, I called my buddy at six o'clock in the morning as, as soon as I knew that he would be like awake, and. Um, as soon as I knew he'd be awake, I called him. I said, look, I got to see your grandfather. We went over to his grandfather's house and he said to us that it seemed like we had an entity attached to us and he did a blessing uh, on us and this whole crazy ritual thing, reading the tea leaves and all that stuff. And right. I have not seen a single shadow person since. Wow. So you saw a <laughs> shadow when you were during this basement uh, part. There was an actual visual, visual of a shadow? Not, no, was, we didn't see it. That was just hearing. Yes. When you, when you had the shadow experience, I'm trying to stick to the ones that were in yep. the same uh, home. When you yeah, had it is. The, oh, it's, all, it's all the same house. Yes. yes. Uh, I'm not going to talk about the park one yet. When you okay. were, had the experience with the shadow shadows at different times, did you also hear or was it, was no. it more visual? No, it was all visual. There were no sounds mm-hmm. other than that one with where it seemed like the door opened from the hallway, is which is what still baffles me because I swear I could swear I saw the door open and close. I saw the light come mm-hmm. from the hallway and illuminate the kitchen and then close again. Right. <laughs> wow. Whew. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 these don't all sound like sleep paralysis. Only the no. first one. <laughs> you know, so you, so that kind of throws that out the window. Ah, oh, wow, man, this is really something. And ever since the uh, that experience with with sort of being uh, cleared from this, yeah, it, that part of it uh, of experiences have ended. Uh, from, from what I can tell, yes, I haven't, I've, I've seen little thing. I've seen things in, in uh, like that usual, that periphery where you swear you see something right. move and then, and then you turn and there's nothing there. I, I, I see that. I've actually seen it a lot more recently, um, the last like two years or so, but I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of think that's, um, it's one of those things where, where, it's like it's it's kind of the thought is the thought is in my head because uh, actually my our new movie is about we have sh- shadow creatures and sleep paralysis in the movie so I've kind of started to feel like maybe because that because it's constantly on my mind right almost that I'm just manifesting it myself like my you know what I'm saying well you know it's interesting you just went there because I was going to say as a guy who has a viv- vivid uh, imagination you're a writer. Uh, a guy into the horror genre and who, who appreciates good sci-fi. Yeah. I was curious, um, in, in your humble opinion and from your experiences, it, it, just to extrapolate on things you've heard or maybe researched as you're going through this, what do you think shadow people are? 
I, you know, I really don't know. Hmm. I really don't know. Um, the majority of experiences, specifically the ones you see in the side, in that, in that side moment, um, it's, I'm convinced that there is a, there is an explanation for it. And, and it comes in, uh, one of the explanations is, I, I forget the, I forget the, the actual word for it. It's, um, it's, it's a, a sound thing mm. where, um, sound at a low frequency, very low frequency sounds can actually vibrate the, um, the cones and rods in your eyes without you knowing it. And huh. it causes you to see shapes and to, and, and to see things. Um, and I know that I know that ghost hunting, uh, uh, teams have actually debunked a lot of, uh, ghostly and shadow people experiences based on, uh, in, in a, in a building based on the fact that maybe there, that there was some sort of like air conditioning duct or a heating unit or something that was vibrating the building itself. Right. And when they turn the power off experiences or, or they, you know, or they fix the vents or whatever, the experiences would, would, would go away. And, uh, so it's, it's been kind of attributed to the fact that it's, it's a physical thing that, that your eyes are trying to make sense out of the vibrations that they're feeling. Right. And I know that some of them can, can be explained by that, but the ones where people have seen it dead on, they're looking straight at this and it's there. I couldn't possibly say what it was. Right. Um, the, the, the home that this was all happening in, how long did your family live there? Do they still live there? Still live there. My mother owns the house. Um, okay. Um, so she was there, uh, before these things started or it started for you. Has, um, any, have, has anyone like your mom or dad ever mentioned that they've had an experience in that house? Uh, not, not, not them. No. Uh, we moved in when I was, I think I had just turned two when we bought the house. Mm hmm. Uh, and we've been there ever since. My grandparents were on the top floor, and me and my parents, and my brother, were on the were on the the main floor. Mm-hmm. Was uh, when was the house built? You know, was it uh, prior to? Was it relatively new when you guys got it there? Is, the most of the houses in the neighborhood are uh, late 1800s to early 1900s. The neighborhood Ooh. itself was a. Um, uh, there was a, there was a mining, it's kind of a mine. Well, it was a mining community and these houses were all built as, um, like weekly residents for the local miners. Right. And, uh, it's, they're really strangely like every single room is totally like they all have their own entrance and exit to the hallway. So every room has a window and a doorway that leads into the hall. So it's kind of like railroaded. Mm. With one, uh, with a with a communal bathroom and kitchen on the on, on each floor, and then the hallway runs alongside the rooms, and each room has a doorway into it. So mm. uh, yeah, so it, it, every room was rented out to an individual person, and Monday through Friday, these uh, miners would live in these apartments, <clears throat> live in these rooms, and then on the weekends they would go home to their families. Right. So what this an was interesting. Yeah. You know what? I'm sure now listening to that, uh, that there's probably a lot of things that have gone down under that roof before you guys got there. Mm-hmm. Quite possible. Wow. <laughs> there was a, there used to be a room in the basement. Uh, the guy who owned this before us was a, uh, was a locksmith. 
And there was this really cool room in the basement that that I that I filmed in along before we renovated the basement and made a uh, uh, really cool little. It looked like a uh, it looked like a little torture room. Like the guy had built it himself <laughs> out of uh, out of like two by fours, and this had easily been since like the sixties. Wow. Uh, there was even a calendar still hanging in the basement from 1973. Wow, you, you didn't know, find any uh, like old yeah. fingernails on the floor or anything like no. that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but there a lot of his old tools were there. He still like there was still keys hanging up all around the walls and wow. uh, locks and and a lot of, a lot of really old cool locks. Like there's really big heavy iron cast ones, mm. you know, a, a lot of that really cool stuff. Uh, so, uh, uh, um. And the room itself had like this wooden door that had a had a big heavy latch on it. <laughs> wow. It was on the back back corner of the basement. And it was one light hanging from a hanging from a, a wire that turned. The, so even just stepping into it seemed yeah. like seemed like you were like, like it looked like it looked like you were inside the Evil Dead cabin inside this little room. Wow, <laughs> really really cool. You know, you know? I, I I've been in. Um... I've been in rooms like that where where it could have just as well have been a set for a horror film, and uh-huh. uh, you're just looking around and you see just such old, amazing yep. things, uh, and it can be quite creepy. And uh-huh. I, honestly, living above that room, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's I, well, it down might the be part point. of yeah, it might be part of why I'm so into it like I, why a lot of horror movies really don't phase me i just enjoy it maybe i i don't know maybe it was just always kind of embedded in me right <laughs> some desensitizing due to your yes. surroundings yeah I, I, actually actually it's it's very cool and i can imagine um i mean geez probably as a teen just hanging out uh with friends and checking out things in that room or whatever must have been pretty crazy mm. so um, you know, the park experience, this wasn't a shadow per se. This seemed more like something transparent, you said, correct? Yes. It, it, well, it seemed, I mean, it, it looked like a shadow. It looked like, oh, okay. it, yeah, it looked like a shadow because it was, I mean, it was transparent, but it was still black. Mm. It wasn't that solid black though, which at the same time, if you think, if I think, I think about it, you say maybe, maybe because a lot of the shadow person experiences, they seem so dark because you're already inside and it's already dark. Right. So that so maybe if they were if you were to experience them outdoors because there was a, a, a right right where it was it was uh, um there was a street light illuminating the area. So maybe it was the fact that there was that street light is the reason we could see because there was actually kind of a light almost behind it. Maybe right. that's the reason we could see behind it. But the fact that we both saw it is really what gets me. Mm. That we both saw the same thing. It makes me say like something was, something was there. It wasn't just like, well, uh, you know, it, you're, my eyes playing tricks on me. Two separate people saw it in the right. same spot. Right. And um, now with your friend, he his recollection did his recollection end with I was walking and fell down, or does yes. his recollection end with Hey, how did I even get down this path? Uh, no, it was, he, he remembered, he remembered he was getting, he felt, he said he was getting kind of dizzy and that's why he didn't follow me down the hill. So he just kept walking because I went down the side of the hill, which was all trees and, and dirt and everything. This was actually like a dirt path. Right. So I just, I just went through the trees and he, uh, he said he was dizzy and he felt like he couldn't, uh, like he wouldn't be able to navigate through it. He felt like he was going to fall over to begin with and he didn't want to do it, but I had already took off <laughs> away right. from so by the time I turned around, he had 
continued walking down the dirt path and and he fell right uh, right at the spot where we had seen the standing and uh he said um he said he remembered getting dizzy and then it kind of went black he felt the impact but he like he know uh, maybe just because his whole i mean his whole body ached i'm sure when he hit the ground right. so he could feel the impact but next thing he knew i was picking him up off the ground wow Guys, we're with Manny Serrano here tonight from Mass Grave Pictures, horror filmmaker. We're digging into some true ghost stories he experienced here on True Ghost Stories Radio. Um, Manny, the experiences that you've had with these uh, various, uh, let's call them shadow people, uh, um, mm. did they, it, did, now you mentioned in this one, this is why I'm asking, where you kind of ran ran as soon as you know you, you saw this you, you ran the opposite way type of thing now was that just reflexive knee jerk or was that because you sensed you know everybody has a, a gut feeling that you know i joke around my son call it your spider sense whatever mm-hmm. but in these instances was any of that kind of going off for inside of you like this is a negative vibe that i'm catching oh, here totally or, had a had a negative feeling on it totally had a had mm. a bad negative feeling about it uh it, it didn't it just it didn't feel right it didn't right. feel right uh, uh but I, it wasn't that i just saw it and ran mm-hmm. the two of us stood there for for a few seconds and looked at it and and my brain said well the street is still like this path leads us to the street but if i just go straight to the right i'll hit the street as well right you know so just go through the street because we could see the street from where we were standing mm. It was just through the trees. So right. my thing, just you know, growing up in the neighborhood, I, I just I know the topography. So I said, all right, if I go through this, I'll get to the street much faster, right. and I don't have to cross this thing's path. Right. What at the time that it happened? What did uh, I know? We're going back years here, but do you recall what you guys thought it was? Because you said both of you saw it. We were we, kind of comparing notes on no, what you we, thought it yeah, was. Yeah, we really we really didn't put too much into we just into what it exactly it was mm-hmm. um i know that the area itself um it's again is things sound so silly when you say them but i mean i guess no, that's, that's the point, that's the point of the show it's the point yeah. of the show right um it sounds so silly but um i know at the time there was uh, a couple of kids because it's it's the 90s and that's just uh, kids kids were into this at the metal and with the metal kids they all thought they were devil worshippers. Mm. Uh, if you go up to the area still now, you, uh, even you know, to this day, um, uh, you see satanic stars all up around, you know, spray right. painted on the trees and everything. And there, there was actually a little, uh, concrete slab. Uh, it looks like they started the foundation for a building or something and never finished it. Like it's maybe like a four or five foot wide concrete slab inside the dirt. Uh, maybe uh, there was some, yeah, maybe there was, they were building something at some point and they just never completed it. Perfect uh, but, for an altar or a sacrifice. Yes, and, or- that, and that's exactly, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what people used it for. Um, oh. Funny you say sacrifice because there actually was one up there. Wow. Uh, 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 maybe, maybe two or three years before that, I believe it was 91 or 92. And I had told another friend of mine about this cause his friend was, a. Uh, this is, I told him recently, um, cause his friend, his father was a, a police officer at the time. And I had told him the story and he said that he remembers his father, uh, uh, talking about it at the time there was a baby bear 
a brown, a baby brown bear that was found up in that park skinned mm. up in that area. So there really were people doing rituals up there at one point in time. And this was in Queens? Yes, this is in Forest Park, Queens. I've, wow. uh, I, I'm going to have to look it up again because at the time uh, we couldn't remember the details. And I actually found one article on it because, again, this was 91 or 92 that that had happened. So, you know, there's really no Internet articles on it. Right. But uh, I did find one article that I had sent to him after we had talked about it. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up again. And, I'll, and when I find it, I'll send it to you. Right. Um, yeah, it's just so strange. I, I uh I recall in the 80s, um, I was out in Suffolk County, and I remember there was something going on with, um, I was in high school at the time, and there was some kind of nonsense going on with devil worshipping a town over in yep. the town of Northport. The satanic and, panics. <laughs> right, all, all that kind of stuff, and it, it's just, it, it's really bizarre. I mean, maybe uh, now being older and, and uh, not hanging out all night in the park, uh, you know, I'm not I- exposed to the, uh, to the rumor mill anymore of those type of things, mm-hmm. but it, it really was something I remember, uh, back during that time period. Um, yeah. you know, I'm sure it, it probably goes on to this day, but I remember in those days it was, you know, going to explore Pilgrim state, uh, hospital or one of these mm-hmm. other type of places and you'd get into these things and there was all sorts of markings and, you know, yeah. spray painted this or that, and it was like you'd say, "So why did I? Why am I here? <laughs> why did I come out to this? This is not what I need to see." And and thank God there's nobody here who's practicing this stuff. You know? Yeah. Well, out so, where you were, you had uh, you had Cropsey out where you are, right? Or is that a little farther out from you? Cropsey. The uh, uh, the the child killer from that was uh that was in the um. It was a, a abandoned. Oh no, sorry, that's Staten Island. That was Staten. Oh, Island. Oh, okay, Cropsey. yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. Wow, I don't recall that. Okay. Yeah, Cropsey was Staten Island. It, it was a child killer who. It was it, well, Cropsey himself was a just like a that urban legend mm-hmm. of that guy who kidnaps kids and takes. And then it turns out that there really was somebody who was doing it. And right. uh, there was a, there was a, a mental hospital that was closed down in the 80s that was nearby, also right outside this same park. So when we were young, that. That story, which I we didn't call Cropsey at the time, I, I, right. that's a name that I just heard recently. Like, and I'm like, but that's the same thing. I I've just never heard this name Cropsey, um, uh, where because you know kids have no sense of distance or anything. Like that was mm-hmm. Staten Island, but there's a mental hospital right here. Oh my God, he must have been here. Right. You know, when you're when you're nine years, eight nine years old, he must have been here too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, so there's a lot of there's a lot of that kind of stuff around here, specifically because this neighborhood is so old. You know, all these a lot of these buildings. This was um, this was one of the one of the oldest neighborhoods in Queens, right Mm -hmm. here. And uh, um, the neighborhood just to the just to the uh, um to the west of us is we're right on the border of Brooklyn, and all those buildings are concrete buildings all the apartments and everything there are concrete so they're even older than than the buildings where i live where, where i'm at uh we have two or three jewish cemeteries that have been there since the mid 1800s at least mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm about 10 blocks away from where houdini's buried wow. so there's quite a bit of history right around my neighborhood unbelievable um 
you, you met, uh, and maybe we covered it. You said you had a, a, a two stories. Were those the two stories as as the the second one in the park, or was there a, another experience? Some no, the other the other one was actually not my experience. It was, okay. but it was in this. It was in this house. Um, when my my grandparents died in two thousand one, and uh, me and my girlfriend at the time moved into the apartment upstairs. And we kept the same layout for a while uh, of everything. Now everything is switched around. I have the living room where the bedroom was and the bedroom where the living room was because it just made more sense. But um, right. uh, uh, so basically, so when we, when we moved in, you know, we bought a new bed, we bought the new couches, we bought all new furniture and everything and moved it in. But it ended up being all, more or less the same, the same location, the same spots that, that my grandparents had them in. Uh, this was, let me think that was 2001. So this was early 2002 or so. So I'm 22 at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, my, I was working, I was working in Manhattan. Me and my girlfriend both worked in the same building, but we, we worked different schedules. Uh, so she would usually get up around, I think six, six o'clock in the morning or so. And for some reason I woke up, I woke up before her. I would usually, I usually would wake up till about nine. Uh, I woke up at like 4.35 and I just couldn't fall back asleep. So about 5.30 or so, I got up and I said, you know what, I'm awake. If I keep tossing and turning, I'm going to wake her up and you know that's she's going to be upset that she <laughs> lost that half hour of sleep. Mm. So I decided I got up and I'm going to go take a shower. I'll get dressed and you know whatever. And I come back into the room and she's just, you know, after I'm dressed and everything, I come back in and she's just waking up. She says to me, what the hell were you doing? And I said, I was taking a shower. No, 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 no. Before that, mm. before that, I was laying in bed. She's like, no, 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 no. You got up, you left. I heard you get up and leave. And then you came back in. She says, and you sat down. You sat there for a few minutes and then you left again. And now you're back again. <laughs> mm. So what were you doing? I says, were you looking? I and, and I said, I said, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I've been in the shower for the last 10 minutes. So she, so she got up and she's like, no. And she literally in that reenacted what she, what she heard me do. And I watched her and I, and I stepped and I sat down and I stepped back for a minute and I said, oh my God. Um, now I figured out right then and there what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we've been living here since about 82 or so. Uh, my grandfather was, uh, grandfather's a, a World War II veteran. Mm. And there's a, in this, again, in this same park, there's this little, um, there's this little shack up there where, um, a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the retired, retired men would go up there and they would put their bets on the, on the horses and stuff up there. My grandfather, went up there one day and he and he saw then he met these guys and he realized a lot of these guys were also uh world war ii veterans some of them who he knew at the time and didn't realize that they all lived in the same area right so for i'm gonna say 20 years at least uh and he might have even been doing it before we moved because we when we before this we lived uh, uh a few blocks away from here in an apartment building so it might have even been before then so i'm gonna at least 20 years the entire time he lived in this house anyway he would get up in the morning 
Um, he'd listen to the radio, get his weather and everything. He'd go get coffee and he would bring all coffee and cards and dice and everything. And he, my grandfather actually ran the, the, the horse betting for all right. the, for all the retired vets up there. But he had a routine every single day at five thirty in the morning. He would, his, uh, his 10, 10 winds would turn on. He'd get up, he'd use the bathroom. He'd come back in. He would sit down on the edge of the bed. He would listen to the radio. Then he would get up, put his shoes on, and leave. And this is the moment where I pieced it together because where she said I sat down on the bed is the exact same spot my grandfather sat in every single day for 20 years that I know of. Wow. To the point where when we moved up here and we threw out the bed, there was actually a depression in the corner of that bed where he sat down. Mm. Okay? And... I said to her, I said, you, you, you literally heard my grandfather. That's what you heard. You heard my grandfather. And she said, well, if the place is going to be haunted, then I'm happy it's them. Um, the later on, uh, I'm not with her anymore. Now I live in the same apartment with, with my wife, with Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, like I said, we switched the apartment around. So now the bedroom is where the living room used to be. And she has this, this, she doesn't like sleeping alone sometimes because she sometimes feels like there's something in the room. And I say, well, where would that, where, and I, going back to this story, I, I told her this story. I said, where would you, where, where would you hear this? Where would you get that feeling? She said, right over here. I said, that was the living room where my grandmother would sit watching TV. My grandmother, grandfather, you know, they're that, that old generation where even if you hate each other, you stay married. <laughs> <laughs> So the two of them had that for a long time, that kind of animosity with each other. So they kind of stayed away from each other. He stayed in his bedroom, watched TV. She sat in the living room. And I said, and this is where, and my grandmother would always sit in that living room. And that's where she sat, right where my wife kind of gets this feeling. And so she's like, okay, well, again, it might be him. The other part of this now too, sometimes in the middle of the night, uh, around 4, 5 a.m., you can actually hear remnants of a radio station it sounds like there's a radio faintly playing in the other room like talk radio and i said well he listened to 1010 wins every single day right so (laughs) so as far as as far as the two of us are concerned my grandparents are still here with us (laughs) wow well, at least you kind of know who who they are in this instance. Yes. <laughs> they're watching over you, and you feel a little bit protected yeah. by it all, and yeah. not not uh, ultimately, <laughs> you know, really freaked out. Say hi to uh, Lindsay for me, by the way. Um, <laughs> let, let let me ask you a question. Um, you and I were speaking recently, and you mentioned, uh, I believe that it's that I'm correct with what lurks on Channel X was your yeah. uh, radio program where you yep. covered uh, various topics, and some of those topics included uh the paranormal mm-hmm. so i was curious if um if you can go into one of those stories that was uh extreme for you uh well when we the the show itself is me and my me and my friend eric who who do it uh we re-record we pre-record these shows so we kind of just talk stories and this is one of the stories we told on on that uh he told um the story he told was about his own shadow person experience he was in a hotel room in 2008 or 2009 or so after his uh, i think he said it was his grandmother or grandfather died 
and he was in a hotel sharing a room with his sister and he remembers waking up in the middle of the night to uh also having sleep paralysis and a shadow figure standing at the edge of his bed just standing over him like staring down at him Mm -hmm. Uh, he said this had to be six six and a half feet tall huge total absence of light black figure Mm. Uh, just standing, staring at him, and after, and he couldn't move. And after a few moments, when he finally got was able to move again, it just kind of faded and disappeared. You know, sleep paralysis isn't isn't the history. I'm not looking it up on Google or anything like that. Mm. Perhaps uh, you may know, but isn't the history of like um, sleep paralysis and in, in terms of uh, mythology and, and stories that like almost like there's a demon on your chest or, or something like this. I could have mm-hmm. sworn I had seen uh, images or drawings like that because I, I hadn't looked into sleep paralysis in the past because I've experienced it myself. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's, it's a, what, what you're probably picturing is a, it's a famous painting called The Nightmare. Mm. Um, and, um, that's, uh, the, the painting is actually a, um, a central focus of, of, of our new movie because I wanted to really get into that. And, um, <laughs> what it comes from in the painting is a woman laying on, laying on her bed and there's a, a small imp looking creature sitting on her chest and there's a horse like the head of, you see the head of a horse kind of looking in the window over, her, uh, looking at them. And uh, it all comes from uh, the sleep paralysis feels like someone's holding you down. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people report that, that they have a shortness of breath. So the legend made it that there's, that there's a creature sitting on your chest holding you down, sucking out, sucking out your breath like they did in, uh, in Cat's Eye. Right. You know, and the horse is uh, – uh, it's, it's, a, it's a German – German lore where uh, I think it just became through just misinterpretation of, of language uh, where the word nightmare is, you know, the mare, a horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the word mare itself isn't, doesn't actually refer to a horse. I'm not quite sure. I don't remember off the top of my head what it refers to, but um, when uh, uh, Henry Fuseli made the painting, he, physically you know painted the nightmare itself as being being the physical manifestation of a white horse with large with large uh, uh lidless eyes mm-hmm. and uh so that's the most famous painting of it uh he did a lot of paintings in his life and this be, this is his most famous one it's right and he did a lot of different versions so any 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 image you come up with of a creature sitting on a chest goes back to this painting and that was in uh, 1600s or so wow um was sleep uh sleep paralysis something that you've had throughout your life or just the, the random couple of experiences you've uh, i've had it i've had it once or twice but um, it's usually you, you, a couple of times other than that. But usually it was be after after a nightmare. Um, what sleep paralysis is in its it phys- physically is a um, when you fo- when you go to sleep, your your your, your brain secretes this uh, enzyme that keeps your body um, paralyzed. So this way you you don't act out your dreams because uh, your brain thinks your dreams are real. So if you're walking around in your dream, your body will get up and, and, and walk, which is what explains a lot of uh, um, sleepwalking. Right. 
So what the sleep paralysis itself is in 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 a you know in the the medical form of it is that you woke up before that um before that enzyme in your body wore off mm-hmm. before your body realizes that you're awake it just it takes it takes a moment so that's where that really comes from it's interesting i have had uh i've had it a few times in my life uh mm-hmm. even even to uh adulthood and uh, every time that I can recall having it, um, seemed to be more, or at least I, I think, seemed to be more when I initially lay down to uh, to go to sleep or to, to rest or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, for whatever reason, most of the times that it has happened in my life, something has scared me enough that I woke myself from screaming. That's a, uh, a myoclonic twitch, it's called, mm. where uh, your body thinks that the dream is real and it's trying to escape. And mm. that's where you get that, that sudden jolt that wakes you up when, you know, when your body just jumps in bed. That's, uh, that's, I believe it's called a, a myoclonic twitch. I think that's the word. I, my, mine isn't so sudden. It's more of like mm. screaming for who's ever next to me. So, to, oh, so you to, get actual, like to, a night to help terror me. scream. Yeah, and uh, I've woken to the sound of my voice screaming in slow motion. Wow. Like, very, very odd. And I'll give you an example. The most recent one, I think, was a couple of years ago. And um, it literally was, uh, I was exhausted and uh, laid down in bed. And the next thing I knew, what looked like, uh, if you were to take a white piece of paper and, let's say, a black pen, and you just start scribbling uh, a circular motion, let's say, right? Like mm-hmm. odd, odd circles or whatever, until you're basically just blacking out uh, mm-hmm. an area of the page. Yeah, That's kind of what I saw happening in hmm. the corner of my room in this on ceiling. And wow. uh, yeah, after a, a little while uh, of seeing it, I, I guess a, a panic must have come over me. And next thing I knew, I was uh, kind of screaming in in my dream for my wife to wake me up and uh that well that never happened so i woke myself up through the sound of my own voice and woke up to hear myself saying uh like here i'm saying help me in my dream but there's really no words or anything it's just more of this so uh, so you didn't so you didn't actually vocalize a scream it wasn't so much a scream I heard it and it the vocal was more of just like uh you know there was no real like I said, it, the best I can say is it was slow motion, if yeah. anything, not able to really get words out. But in my head, I'm speaking, I'm screaming, I'm saying, mm-hmm. wake me up. You know, like, I know I'm asleep in a sense. Yeah. And I'm actually saying said- to wake me up, you know, very, very bizarre. Um, but, you know, it, as crazy as those things are, every time I that I've had one of those, that I'm always uneasy with it, you know. And even after it's over, having a hard time going back to sleep. So, um yeah, it's very crazy stuff. You, you, you mentioned the uh, the movie. I, I imagine you, you're kind of uh, teasing about Theta States. Yes. Okay, yes. We, we got a few minutes left. Uh, I want to invite everybody listening to jump on over to MassGravePictures.com. Uh, you've done some short films. I know one of them that I absolutely loved was uh, Emma's for Mastectomy. Very, uh-huh. very disturbing uh, and you. very, very real. <laughs> Um, and and uh, and you've got features, you know, Attack of the, the Brain People, the Blood Slaughter Massacre, I think is uh, out and can be purchased um, yep. in stores at this point. Yeah. Uh, and and Theta States is 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 the baby. So 
if you would, uh, got a few seconds, few minutes here left. If you could kind of let everybody know what's cooking with that film and and where they can get a hold of you. Uh, well, as far as uh, Theta States, we're it, we're just about done with uh, post production, so hopefully we'll be hitting festivals with that you know, come this winter or so. Um, it's uh, it's about uh, about a guy named Danny, who is who is a chronic insomniac, and he goes to see a doctor who uses um, sound waves to lull Danny into sleep and Danny starts to realize that now that he's sleeping his nightmares are coming into reality so we kind of mix a lot of the uh, the lore of nightmares and sleep paralysis and shadow creatures and imp and the, the, the imp on the chest and all that kind of mm. into one big jumble like I really wanted to throw a lot of as much as I could at it okay um, so uh, again put uh, pulling from a lot of my own experiences like i really want to kind of put this on film <laughs> right right you know, it's something so, that's been in me for a long time i even tried to write a book about it maybe 10 years ago and i just never really i never finished the novel but um it's coming to life in this movie now very nice um if someone's listening right now manny they want to get a hold of you talk uh talk horror films talk filmmaking uh talk yep. a little bit about uh your radio show i think you guys are bringing that back yep. where can we send them uh you can go to, everything's on massgravepictures.com uh including the podcast now uh the the podcast is uh what lurks on channel x uh we do bi-weekly the we've been away for a while because eric was sick so we're finally uh, we're, we're, the first new episode is coming up this Thursday. Uh, well, at the time of this now, it'll be past Thursday uh, when this airs. So the new episode will be up by the time people hear this. Right. Um, you can get the podcast on uh, massgravepictures.com. You can also subscribe to it on iTunes and Stitcher and all, all you know, pick your pick your app. We're all over the place with that. We're all over Facebook and uh, Instagram, Twitter, you know, social media. All or just search for Massgrave Pictures or What Lurks on Channel X and you'll find us. Right. Or you can uh, hop down to probably one of the uh, amazing gyms that they have in Queens and see this guy and his <laughs> lovely wife turning themselves there you go. into Greek gods. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are amazing. How much time do we have left? Uh, we're, we're just about right, Manny. Oh, okay. I, got, I, got, I got to uh, say goodbye and, gotcha. and close out the show. But I wanted to thank you, my friend, so much for joining me tonight. It was a blast. Thank you. I'd love to come back. I have. Uh, I actually I have more stories. If you want me back another time, I'm happy to happy to join you. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome, guys. Adam Ginsberg with you. True ghost stories. Uh, more fun stuff on the way. We're gonna uh, implement something new next week. As a matter of fact, we're going to start reading some stories that we're finding are popping up in the True Ghost Stories facebook page uh that should be pretty fun and there's one already there that i saw that i'm going to be reading so uh that said if you would like to check in on what i'm doing obviously facebook instagram and twitter i keep it real simple at the adman 40 and you can find my film work on imdb that's imdb.me slash adam ginsburg and guys do you ever feel like you're not alone do you ever feel like someone or something is near you? Have you felt touched or that something has brushed up against you? Do you hear voices? Do you have vivid dreams of dead loved ones? Do you see shadow people? What are they? Who are they? An angel or a demon? 
or just someone reaching out. We believe something is out there. We want to tell the world the truth. Things are happening around us. Our experiences are not a figment of our imaginations. There are things that walk the earth that are unknown to us. We want to hear more about them. We want to find out what they are. We believe something is out there. We want to tell the world the truth. What are they? Who are they? Guys, this is True Ghost Stories. Tune in next Monday night. We have great guests in store for you. Listen to this incredible program, guys. Adam Ginsberg, myself, along with my cohort at times, Sherry Emily, joining me, founder of True Ghost Stories, right here on WRockRadio.com. WLOR.net for a frightfully entertaining hour of the best paranormal stories ever heard. Until then, good night. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Uh, once again, you can hear True Ghost Stories every week at 10 p.m. Eastern Time live on WLOR.net. And uh, check out twitchtwitchproductions.com to see what Adam and Elsie are up to. Their next big event is MortalCon coming up next weekend on September 24th in Ronkonkoma, New York at the Clarion Conference Center. Uh, MortalCon is a fantasy and cosplay convention with a secondary cause. See, Elsie Ginsberg was diagnosed with breast cancer many years ago, and part of MortalCon's mission is to spread awareness and to help get attention to the cause of fighting breast cancer and coming together in support of those who've survived the fight and those who haven't. So if ever there was a show for you to get behind, this is the one. Uh, that's going to be it for us here at Channel X this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with the full episode. And I uh, hope to speak to you guys then. Have a nice week, everybody. Take care. Take care.